You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Hi, guys. I have the Hi wonderful guys. Vicky and the amazing Steve with me. Oh, I like that. Yes, I like the, the way wonderful you think. Vicky. I yeah. like that. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Yep. Apparently, yeah. I'm feeling friendly today. So. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been mean to me today. so. <laughs> they're, never, they're never mean. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Who was being mean to you? But uh, just tell me, you, I'll go get them. Yeah. How, what's going on in the father's house? Well, the sun's shining. It's, it seems like we haven't seen the sun for a long time, which in California mm-hmm. has been really bizarre. We've had the coldest, whitest winter for 30 some years. All the mountains have snow on them around us. I feel like we're in Colorado. Yeah. And uh, it's just um, life is good. We went and saw the Jesus Revolution, the movie. That's good. And just if you have not seen it, it is so delightful. It is so delightful. Because Steve got saved. In the, Jesus, the Je- movement. Jesus movement. During the Jesus Revolution. Yeah, so he, you know, he was one of those long-haired hippie freaks <laughs> with no shoes. Yep, lived you in a never com- had, there you was never somebody, had. I lived in a commune. Yeah, you lived I prayed in- over cars. Like, <laughs> he lived know. in a commune and he had a Volkswagen Beetle, right? <laughs> yeah. He couldn't afford a I Volkswagen bus. I had several bus. of those. But well, then we, he, you did get a van, though. You got an old 64 I, you know, I sung along with the love song songs in the yeah. theater out loud. Out mm-hmm. loud. People around me all thought something was weird. I was, yeah, I was singing out the songs. It was fun. With the, uh, we went with a lot of people. The uh, it was packed, which was really nice. They yeah, said totally that they were cool. expecting seven million dollars, and they I think they got fifteen million dollars yeah, this so weekend. Far, yeah. So it's it's uh, I think it's going to start something. I think I think I believe that the, I God's really timing is is amazing with this uh, movie. Yeah. I long for the re- reemergence of such a revival. Oh. Just being about Jesus, I really longed for it. It was such a lovely time to live through. When you prayed for people back then, they just would be saved, and they'd be totally born again, they'd like the old. Again. Like they even said in the movie, the old is gone. And I was telling someone today, is like when I got saved in '79. As soon as I got saved, I, I had the revelation: the old is gone, the old man is gone, and I never picked up that old person again. Right. Never turned back. And, and it seemed like everyone we prayed to, just there was this incredible 180 turn. The Whatever the spirit was that that they brought, um, we we sure felt it through the yeah. all the way you through know, the early eighties. I had the privilege of leading people to Jesus everywhere I went, you know. But you don't, I don't know any of those people, you know. They've, I've moved on, they've moved on, and you know, and I don't know who's out there from all those people I prayed with. But in the movie theater, sitting next to me was yeah. Vicky and my cousin Vince. That was amazing. And in nineteen seventy nine, in May. I prayed with Vicky on the first day of May, and I prayed with second. Vince, or second day of May, May. Second. and I prayed with Vince maybe the fourth fifth. or fifth, fifth. and uh, and they got they radically, radically transformed, you know, baptized them in a river, oh, yeah. didn't have an ocean, but I had a river. Spokane, at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, Spokane River, yeah. I baptized them in the middle of the night, and it just was, uh, it just was such a magical time, and it was so nice, sitting there with two people I prayed with back in the 70s. And it was just crazy because he just came into town for one, one afternoon, day from Spokane. Right? Yeah. And so to go to the movie together and watch that and reminisce about the way life was back 1979. then. 1979. Guy walking down the street and he leads a girl to the Lord in a car mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, yeah. I, that's what I would do every day, all yeah, the time. That's right. And it just was a, such a wonderful time. Really praying that this revival that's starting on the campuses, really young people's uh, 
revival will really spur all of us into an evangelism ministry where we just open our mouth and share Jesus. Because I think we're, we've really come away from evangelism. You know, just telling people to, what did Lonnie, Lonnie Frisbee said is just good news, and everybody's searching for something, right? And they're searching for Jesus. No matter, they don't even know that. And that's what his point was made is that they were back in the '70s and the '60s. They were just, you know, they were what was it? Tune in, drop. Uh, what was it? Drop out, drop out, <laughs> tune in. What was it? I forget. Yeah, the the, the yeah the drug, they, the drug culture. Yeah. Yeah. Tune anyway. Out. Tune out, drop in, drop, drop out, out, drop out, yeah, and tune in. Something like Something that. Like no, that. Yeah. I don't think it's tune in, oh, but anyway. anyway, I don't know. But you know, that's the truth. It, was, it's, it <laughs> really it is, and and I think people are still so so hungry for the truth of Jesus yeah. Christ, the mm -hmm. authentic Christianity. Just read Jesus, and that's what we're going to do today. We are, and I think what we're reading today will sort of segues pretty well into what you were just saying. About oh, good. Evangelism. Good. A little bit, so. Yeah, let's, awesome. Let's, uh, yeah. let's read it and see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's our ticker. He's always, let's get on point right but, now. Uh, so we're in Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 1, then I'm going to skip down because Jesus has a bunch of names. So, yeah, we don't need those. Um, well, we do, but. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every sickness. And he starts to say the names of all the disciples that he did that for. Yep. And in verse 5 it says, These 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper, for your money belts, or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his support. And whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it, and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace, but if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you, nor heeds your words, as you go out of that house or that city, <laughs> shake the dust off your feet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city. So, so to clarify, because a lot of people might just be listening, this yeah. is the words of Jesus. Correct. And he's given instruction to his his, his chosen ones. Yep, his 12. And to go out. And uh, you know, what, what struck me about this and then even what we're talking about, the love revolution, um, the Lonnie Frisbee, Chuck Smith story, is that Steve and I were talking about, I think it was yesterday, about he chooses very flawed individuals. These, these if you watch The Chosen or if you just, you know, read about these guys, they were kind of flawed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, their flaws really showed up until the day of Pentecost. And it's interesting that he always uses the, um, the, the what's it, the... Um, the humble mm -hmm. to confound the wise, or the, is that how it's humble? Um, no, it's not. But the, the yeah, foolish. The foolish to confound, to confound the wise. It's like, yeah. well, you know, and it, I'm just, as you watch that movie with that context of this this long-haired hippie freak who, who just had a horrible background, mm -hmm. horrible upbringing, lots of issues, um, and that God was God would have so many people saved through this really flawed individual yeah. who just was wanted to give his life away to the truth of the gospel. And uh, as you read this, and he's telling you what to do, I just I'm just 
in awe of who God is and who he uses. Why would, why he chose me in the, I was, last night? <laughs> I was just thinking about why why would you choose me? Why would I get to know these words of yours, the red letters, and take and really let them be the um, anthem of my life? Yeah. Well, I think these verses are really special in that it tells you someone was mm-hmm. twelve guys were chosen. Right. Very specifically. Now, in it, it tells, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to there, only to the house of Israel. And so you have to understand that this is only partially for you and me. Correct. Because we're supposed to, we are part of the house of the Gentiles. Yeah. Yes. Thank God he went. Right. And eventually, the very guys he chose here, plus Paul and others, were sent to the Gentiles. Yep. But just for this season and this time, yep. don't go to the Gentiles. The rest of it, though, is really something that is specifically for these 12 guys, but could definitely be for you and me. You know, you'll have power from on high over demons. You'll it's, it's the future of a person being filled with the Holy spirit. It's the future outlook for the people of the, after the day of Pentecost for any who, who believe after this time, when the, the expectation that God himself will make his home in you and what you should be. And I think with all my heart that, um, people don't take seriously what Jesus is saying here, that there's a re- huge responsibility to being a person filled with the Holy Spirit. Many say they are, but few consider it an amazing responsibility to, you know, bless somebody, yeah. pull back your blessing from them if they don't receive you. And there, and it's, it's, more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day than the, than for those you pulled back your blessing from. Wow, the responsibility Huge. to walk right, and I and I wonder about it all the time. I remember a story Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't let a newspaper in his house. You know, get that thing out of here. It's lies, and they don't come in my house. Well, I think about that all the time because I let lies come in my house all the wow. time. With the even the movies my children or grandchildren watch, Disney movies full of lies, and and. I, I'm maybe not really, I'm probably one of those people that doesn't take seriously these instructions here. And I don't consider myself to be on that level of calling. Mm. And I think most of us should. When we look at it, you know, you might say, well, this is just for apostles. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, I've been told that I've been called to be an apostle. Right. I've been told this by others. I've not really said it. But maybe, maybe it is more of us are supposed to take this heed this warning what is heed this instruction and then he goes on you know from here to say i send you out of sheep amongst wolves and he talks about being persecuted and yeah. stoned and i mean these are the what you're going to have because you're willing to stand up and say no this is the truth and say um if if they receive you you let your blessing stay upon them and your blessing of peace you know bless them with peace and if they and if they're good leave your peace on them. But whoever does not receive your heed your wounds, you know, um, your words, go out of that house or that city and shake dust off your feet. I mean, can you imagine if I went out of your house and started shaking the dust off? I don't want any part of your house on me when I leave. Kind of reminds me of the, the blind man in Bethsaida where Jesus, you know, spit in the dirt and, he healed, tried to heal him, and the guy barely saw like Please. shadows of men walking. Yeah. 
So he had some sight restored, but he wasn't healed. And so Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of the city where he healed him completely and said, don't go back in the city. And it, I think the responsibility really revealed in this is whether you're a blind man who's not an apostle, but just met Jesus and received his blessing, or you're this sent by God, chosen by God and sent by God, that you consider what's the responsibility of being that person. He will all people constantly want to tell you how God's chosen them. Well, when you say God's chosen you, do you take the responsibility of finding out what that means? Are you supposed to consider every city you go in or every place you go in who is worthy? Hmm. Find out who is worthy and try to stay with them and leave your blessing upon them. And if they're not worthy, take your blessing back and wipe the dust off. Let nothing, no, no, like Bethsaida. And then later Jesus says it'd be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for Bethsaida. And here he says it's better for Sodom and Gomorrah than the person who did not receive you. Wow. And so it's like, if I am chosen by God and I take these responsibilities to um, walk in this kind of presence mm -hmm. with power over demons, with uh, believing that I have power over illness, ailment, that I have, I come in a power, that he comes with me with a power. And I believe that if I'm someone who wants to believe that, then do I also have the responsibility to keep their, the dust of their unbelief off my shoes? Wow. To keep the channels on my TV from bringing lies into my life? Or to, you know, the dirt of this world? When, when Jesus got baptized, I wondered, why does the Son of God need to be baptized? And what the Lord revealed to me was because he walks in a dirty world. And, and, you know, Jesus didn't watch TV. He didn't read newspapers. He didn't let lies into his life. In fact, he lived in a Jewish community that went to synagogue and followed these rules, you know, specifically. Yeah. But he still got baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And it's like, did he need the forgiveness of sins? He didn't sin as far as we know. In fact, the Bible says he did not. He knew no sin. But then you think, well, he did live in a dirty world and he did it just as an example, at least for us, that we be cleansed of our sin and we keep that sin off of us. In this parable or in this instruction, after choosing these men, he says, look for the worthy ones so that you don't go to the unworthy one's house and then look for their receiving of you. And then if they receive you, bless them. Yeah. If they don't, I mean, that, I, I don't, it doesn't say curse them, but it sure does leave a curse <laughs> on them. Yeah. Shake the dust off their feet so that they don't curse you Wow, is what it really means. It's like, wow. I mean, how many of us take it anywhere near this far? How many of us take it within 100 miles of this far? Yeah. Hmm. You know, and, and, our, and, and what I'm talking about, again, is our understanding that God lives in us and goes with us. And he does with us what, we're, what, what we do. Yep. He walks along with us, in us, through us. And in him we have our being. And do we even come close to following these verses? You know, that's kind of... Where and then, then do I really want to be sent out as sheep amongst mm -hmm. wolves? Do I really want to be shrewd as serpent, innocent as doves, so that people will hate me and persecute me? Mm -hmm. Do I want to invite persecution in my life because I don't have the dust of doubt, the dust of unbelief in my life? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that I'm clean enough to tick anyone off. <laughs> and I really want to be, though. And I more want to be today than I ever have in my life. And, and my prayers are constantly and continually, um, thank you for cleansing me. Help me to not go back and 
get dirty again. Help me keep the dust off my feet. Really good. And so I'm starting to at least try to get things out of my life that put dirt in my life. Mm. I'm trying. I don't know what well whether I'm succeeding. I'm strong one minute, not strong the next. But I think these verses are so important. They are the words of Jesus. They are the instructions of Jesus on how to walk as people sent by him and chosen by him. It's really good. And I definitely, and you choose me. I mean, I, even, even reading this, the persecution part, I still say in front of everybody, choose me, Lord. Mm-hmm. I'll go for you. I'll do this, Lord. I, 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 want to do, I want to be the man you choose. But if I do, am I willing to then walk the walk of a chosen man? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think every one of us hearing my voice really needs to evaluate that in your own heart. Yeah. Are you willing to walk away from your job because your job makes you dirty and trust the Lord for how you make a living and how you'll have medical care and how you'll have retirement, how you'll have, how you will live, how, how you will then live before the Lord? Yeah. Are you willing to shake the dust from your feet for those who don't receive you? Or, or do you have to change your message like so many public school teachers today, they have to change their message because they can't keep their job and do what they feel they've been called to do if they don't change. And so they wear the they wear the cloak yeah. of what the school system tells them they have to do. And I just feel for them. They have a they have a tremendous choice, you know. Mm. I feel I feel bad for them that the choice they have to make, but are we considering these verses here that it's better for Sodom and Gomorrah? I read the book, it wasn't very good for Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for the person who does not receive the Son of Man either in person or in you and me. Wow. You know, it's um, these are, again, like I said, these are red letters. And, you know, in Hebrews it says, um, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus says, I change not. And I think sometimes we want to dismiss this, these letters, these words. Um, I don't know how you can... Um, being a Christian, when they're red letters, and he's talking to men and women who are just like you and I, mm-hmm. and um, the the world has become so much more dirty. Obviously, yeah. um, it's so polluted in in thought and concept and ideas. But I think we got to remember these red these red letters. You know, if you if you if you don't do anything else, just read the red letters and read the words of Jesus to his to his disciples, to the apostles, to the religious leaders, to the non-believer, non-Christians, um, they're, they're thought-provoking. There's, they, I mean, this right here, like Steve said, it's better for Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, and the way he sent them out, and then I don't know if we're, next week we're going to go on to the next, which yeah. is really good, so I won't get into that, but it's, it's really, um, for me, it's sobering. The, the yeah. words of Jesus are sobering. 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 I, you know, just to... Uh, add on some of what you were saying, Steve, that, you know, later in, one of it's later, but anyway, in Luke's account, uh, he, he shares how after he sends the 12 out, he then brings them back, and then he sends 70 out the second time, and gives, essentially, you can read it in Luke 10, he gives pretty much the exact same instructions yeah. to the group of 70, you know, yeah. don't take your money belt, Yep. I'm sending you out as lambs amidst the wolves, no shoes, all, all that same stuff, and it expands to that group, and then as, you know, as we know, it can then continues on to in acts where then they all go out and i think that you know that idea of yes there are specific instructions don't and, and don't go to the gentiles but it isn't something that we can say well that's just for them it doesn't apply 
to me. We all have that right. responsibility. And the verse that he says in, in Luke and chapter 10, that I just wanted to read as he says, uh, and as he was sending them out, he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest field. Go behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And that's definitely us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, you know, and, and that is, um, amazing. I just, Oh, gosh, I had a great thought, and it is, it's, it's totally gone. It's just gone. Well, that what you just quoted is definitely yeah. us. Whereas yeah. this one, it's like, okay, it's yeah. the apostles. Yeah. Don't go to the Gentiles. Yeah. Yeah. Later, he says, go to the Gentiles. Right. And it's kind of, uh, you know, needs to be um, considered. considered you know, is sure. it for us or yes. not? And it is truly for yeah. us. But then when you read it in Luke, yeah. there's no doubt. It's, that's right. definitely for us and for every believer who would claim to too. walk with the Lord, who would claim to be one of God's people. I know yeah. what I was going to say. When you when you talked about Luke, and I yeah. think we'll talk about it next week, or maybe it was in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, too. But, um, you know, living on faith, mm-hmm. um, we have so many backstops to mm-hmm. not live on faith. In fact, just the thought of living on faith, and he basically told them take nothing, yep. right? To just live on yeah, both accounts, yeah, on both accounts. Either so, either the the, the apostles at war and yep. or us. And when you tell anybody that now, I mean, just it's it's like, what are you talking about? Um, but I, I think from last week, Steve talked about you know, is he your father? Will he provide for you? And I'm we're not. Please don't hear us saying you know everybody needs to quit their jobs and yada yada yada. But but what, but the thought is though. But if you're becoming entirely dirty and compromising <coughs> and not able to to be who God wants you to be, and you can't shake the dust of the world off, it's probably something to take before the Lord. Yeah. Is that what you know? Is this where you really want? Because he does want us in the world because because we shine brightly if we shine brightly yeah right are you influencing are you influ- the world or is it influencing you vice versa yeah. right that really is the yeah. thing that 100 percent that yeah. are, are you winning them over or are they winning you over yeah. and that's really the question is uh, is is what you're doing for a job you have to consider everything are the shows you're watching the movies you're attending the people you're hanging out with are they causing you to have dust of unbelief? Yeah. They have, you know, Jesus telling that guy not to go back into Bethsaida. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, you know, didn't seem like he cared enough for the people of Bethsaida to send a man in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's a, a good example for us to know that it is possible that he would send us away from people that we could, that we'd want to help because we can't help them. They're too embroidered in their. Uh, unbelief their doubt and uh i i honestly don't know all the answers but i do know that these these verses that we're reading are so challenging they are so they are they're they're like beyond challenging it's the question arises for me do we take them serious enough do we give them enough heed to look at our job and i am saying everyone should look at their job their hobbies the teams they play on the schools they go to Everyone should look at the crowd they hang out with and does it do this because it says and you can't escape It will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day. You can't escape that you have no ability to escape What Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand When you come it so what do you, what they're supposed to tell these people is because they arrived When you go there tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wow. Wow. Because he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
And when they went in there with the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven is at, within a hand's reach yeah. of you. If you will listen to me, you will have blessing and we will peace. And if you don't, the very dust of my feet will be shaken off and Sodom and Gomorrah will fare better than you. And I mean, that's just a bone chilling thing to say. And, you know, I don't know. He says, don't take tunics and don't take this and don't take that. Live your life completely dependent on him. And we say this all the time on this podcast. It's all about relying less on the world and the world's methodologies and the things the world is selling you on financial security and financial, you know, comfort Mm -hmm. and more on depending on him, which, you know, he didn't give them, he didn't paint them a pretty picture of what depending on him would look like, you know. (laughs) They're, they, you know, take you where you don't want to yeah, go. They will. I will send you as sheep in the wolves. Well, yeah. wolves eat sheep. Yeah, sheep are made out of exactly what wolves eat, <laughs> and you know, and they're defenseless to wolves. Now, the good thing is, we are not defenseless to wolves. Mm-hmm. But you know, he is saying that, and he, and we're going to be brought before kings and governors, and uh, for my sake, for the sake of Jesus. It's for his sake we're going to be brought before him. When we watch Paul, he goes before leaders. He's in control. He's in control of the room. One guy, Festus was it, says, Paul, are you trying to convert me as well? You know, because he's not? preaching. I'm, 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 you can have me killed, but before you do, let me tell you how to live forever. And it's like, I think Paul got it. I think he got it right. But I, don't, I look around me today and I wonder, do we, do I? You know, do the people that I've taught, do they understand what God is calling us to do? It's a great way to empty a church to preach these messages. It's a great <laughs> way to send people away because there's, yeah, you know, hard. if you want to take surveys, there are so many easier messages. There are so <laughs> many things you can focus on other than this. But if you're going to read Jesus and you're going to listen to his words Red and letters. be the wise man who heard these words of mine and acted upon them, then you're going to have to take heed with this one. And you're going to have to consider, do I have the, the dust of doubt on my feet and the mm, dust of unbelief? Good. Or do I have the dependency on God that I could even be brought before the people who can condemn me and still know that I come before them with the kingdom of heaven living inside of me? And the kingdom of heaven, because I'm there, the kingdom of heaven is there. Yeah. So good. And do I believe that? Do I know that? Am I aware of that? And I, I tell you, generally I'm preaching on this podcast like I kind of have arrived. Mm-hmm. And you need to follow me in this because I'll show you the way out of where you're at. But today, I humbly, with all my heart, am like, I don't know if I am or not. And I want to be. So I'm on a journey of further up and farther in. I'm on a a journey of getting the light brighter, of understanding of the the word of God being a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And show me the way, Lord, because I'm just as susceptible to the world making me dirty as anybody else and i have to admit that in every day there's so much things that would frustrate you and cause you to want to trust in something other than god because you think you could do better than he's doing managing your life yeah if i only do this i'll be okay and then from that okay place then i can say i trust god but the truth is it's from the not okay place the place that is before before kings and rulers when you are being accused, that's where you're supposed to walk in with and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
and I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just before you condemn me, can I rebuke the demons from you? And before, oh, and and I can see you're hurting. Can I can I lay hands on you and heal you? Now you wanted to send me to my the gallows, and, so and that is actually where we're supposed to be. Stephen, yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Father, forgive them. I see heaven. You know, Stephen's greatest vision was eternal perspective in the moment men were killing him. Yeah. I I mean, can I can I have some Lord? <laughs> yeah. Can I please have some of that? An eternal perspective just when, say, the city or the county is causing me problems. Can I just have a little bit of eternal perspective on things? And that's what he's calling these guys to do. See it from an eternal viewpoint. What's the outcome for eternity? Yeah. Not the moment. Yeah. Right? It's really good. I think um, just so practically... If I read this and I say, okay, I believe I'm chosen, I believe I'm sent out, I believe I'm supposed to go and carry this message of the kingdom into the world around me, is there any like practical wisdom that somebody should know? Like sometimes we try to associate with the darkness in order to preach the light, and maybe people get confused there. Is there any wisdom or counsel that you'd give in that area? Well, it depends where you are. I mean, like I. No, for me, Stephen and I were talking about this the other day, is that we could go into a bar and have a soda or have a Coca-Cola and not mm-hmm. and not be swayed by that because that's not really we, – we're, we, we don't have that pressure anymore. But if you come through for, through drug abuse and you have not conquered it and it's, it, you, don't, you just don't go back into that mm-hmm. place because the demons know your name. And um, so I think practically it's knowing – what who you are and where you are take stock and you know where he's sending you um would you agree with that oh yeah um and so just it's there's practically you're sent out and if you are it's if you are a teacher or you are a doctor or you are you're you're sent out there mm-hmm. and but asking the questions that steve said before is am i i think you said it am mm-hmm. i being how'd you say it am i being am i influencing them are they influencing me? correct yeah. and so i mean if you're hiding your christianity all the time and you never say a word and you're a stealth christian you know, you just undercover. Um, I don't think that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. I think the, in fact, that in 23, it says, but whenever they persecute you mm-hmm. in one city, it's like they're going to persecute yeah. you. And we don't want to be persecuted and mm-hmm. we don't want to be hated. And we do, I love to be liked and I hate confrontation and blah, blah, blah. But Jesus, right? And um, knowing that you're, you read the end of the book, you know your God wins. He's, he's your father. He has the answers. Um, he's a way, the truth, and life, and no man comes a father except through him, mm-hmm. Jesus. To know, to, to just get that really settled, like first off, settle that in your identity, who Jesus is, who God is. He's your father. When you start realizing that you have the truth and, you, and, you, and Jesus will set people free, I think that will give you license to be able to be more um, open with your communication and your evangelism. And then, but but again, you, you know, you need to follow the Holy Spirit, and I'll probably, so I'll, I'll defer to steve on what practical i think the most important thing is the dust of unbelief mm. ah, that's so good the, yeah. the dust yeah. of f- lack of faith dust of unbelief and, and what and i think if you're a doctor and you to keep your license you have to unbelieve and doubt and you have to agree with them who try to take the blessing of the holy spirit away from you then you have to ask yourself are you willing to give up your wow that's good your your degree mm. are you willing to give up your license to practice mm. if you're a teacher 
you know, and they want you to teach something that is unbelief. And you, yeah. you, they want to put the dust of unbelief on so you. So good. Are you willing to drop this? Mm. Are you willing to walk away from it? And say, no, I've got to go another way because you have an eternal perspective That's on what, it, what the cost could be. And when even, you know, a stories, so many martyr stories mm. where people facing death. Polycarp was one who they said, just deny him now and cool them off. And then they'll mm. go away and then start preaching Jesus again. He said, no, I can't do that. And he burned at the stake. And, and the wow. guy who wrote, I have decided to follow Jesus. I mean, his story is crazy. He had to watch his sons each killed, then his wife killed. And still stood there saying, no, um, the cross before me, the world behind me, I have decided to follow wow. Jesus. And he and he penned, and he's the first person ever to sing that song. And no one ever penned that song. He's the one that the Holy Spirit sung it mm. through first. Wow. And he died. They killed him last. And, you know, it's an eternal perspective. We don't know his name. We don't know what he did on earth. We don't know if he had any fruit in his mission to that to that people group. Mm. But he, we do know that his two sons, his wife and him, are in the martyrs group that are under the hem of Jesus in the eternal perspective. Wow. When you look at the book of Revelations and the descriptions of those who gave their life to not deny Jesus, well, Polycarp and that family are going to be there under the hem of Jesus' garment. Come on. That, that description of whatever that means, and it's like eternal perspective. Yes, I didn't get to live any more days on earth, but I got to live eternally with the Father in heaven. And it's really the dust of doubt. The oh. dust of unbelief so good. that gets on us. And what's it worth to lose your belief or your faith? It's mm. what's it worth if 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 I get if it's true that I get to be saved no matter what I do, what about the people that didn't get to be saved because didn't get to be saved because of what I did? Wow. You know, even if it were true that I couldn't lose my salvation, even if it were true that it doesn't matter what, how I how I mm -hmm. blow it, I'm saved, I'm saved, which many people say and believe. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, that's wonderful. But what about the people that didn't get saved because you wouldn't shake off the dust from your feet? You wouldn't make it you wouldn't make it serious enough to do that. Wow. And 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 I think that when we do that, when we stand for Jesus, in, in his words, and we heed what he's saying about the eternal perspective, others can be saved with us. We can take more to heaven mm. and fulfill the purpose of the cross yeah. the to restore. Yeah. So we, we live eternally with God, which was the purpose of creation. Man walked away. Mm -hmm. God came running after him, made a bridge called Jesus so that man could be restored to God. Yeah. And that's the key. The, the purpose of the cross, the purpose of the Christian story, the purpose of the Gospels mm -hmm. was to teach us how to not only get there ourselves, but bring as many as we can. He says right here in this verse, freely it's been given to you, freely give it away. Yeah. Get it done, man. Bless people. If they don't want it, shake. The, don't walk out of there with that dust because it's wow. going to be bad for, not just bad for you, it's bad for those you would have affected had you not had dust. So good. Mm -hmm. Are you that's following really, me? That's really good. Yeah, I mean, that's, shaking up the is, dust like that's good. Yeah. This is what like it's it. for. This yeah. is why we make a stand, not to alienate everybody. I mean, I don't want everybody hating me. I don't want it either. Vicky cares more about it than I do, but I really don't want people hating me. But I'm perfectly willing to let it if I can get more people to heaven by just standing on the truth. Yeah. Mm. Call me all kind. Call me. Well, they called me Jesus freak in the seventies. They, negatively, and they've called me names all my life because of my faith in Jesus. But I also have concentrated on taking more with me. And I haven't really changed what I preach in terms of the importance of the words of Jesus. I've just um, 
the world has changed. And so what I preach becomes more like a, like a brighter light and it blinds their eyes and they get kind of mad about it. Extremist. You know, like it's, it's, you're an extremist now yeah. and you're a hater. You're a, you're a intolerant because you say God is going to have it be worse for the person who rejects his presence and rejects the truth and the blessing. It's going to be worse for them than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. And Sodom and Gomorrah were turned to not. salt and burned. Wow. And he changes not. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and changes not. Yeah. And so um, what a person does who finds himself in this position is you ask yourself like I'm doing, am I, am I willing to lose everything to keep the dust of doubt off wow. my feet, the dust of unbelief? That's am right. I willing to bless people with what I have? And if they don't receive me, make sure that what, I mean, I offer it. But he says, take it back and don't let what they have get on you. They won't let what you have get on them. Don't let what they have get on you. Good. And I don't think it's a, a, we have to reject everything about them. I think we just have that blessing thing. We have to only bless. It says, don't be quick to lay your hands on somebody. Mm -hmm. Don't bless what they're doing. Don't stand up and say, God's not mad at you unless God says, hey, I'm not mad at that guy. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what he's doing in secret. Don't bless him. Don't bless those actions. Don't bless that stuff. Bless what he's doing in you. Bless what he's offering them, what's possible for them. But tell them the truth about where they're at. You know, it's not going to be good for you. Or I don't, you know, I, w I don't know. It doesn't look like it's going to be good for you. God says it's not going to be good for you. But I'm come with me and I'll show you. You know, it's, let's go together to see the wizard. You know, let's go together and see the Lord. Yeah. Let's go together to the mountain of the Lord and find out what's possible to them who believe and, and shake the dust of doubt off their feet. I think Smith Wigglesworth was a man who guarded himself drastically from that stuff. And I, and there are, and, and many other of the great revivalists of, of the modern era, you know, like since the Reformation, 500 years, many of the great people that we read about, they had that standard of, uh, you don't bring those lies in my house. I can't have those in my house because it endangers my ability to lead people and show people the kingdom of God is at hand. Good. And, you know, they, they make the sacrifice to be able to follow the words of Jesus and carry his power. Be in the world, but not of the world. That's really good. That's yeah. good. That's the best yeah. verse right there. Yeah. And simply, just as you're sharing that, out, how incredible it is that he would want to send us out in the first place. In his name. Yeah. yeah. Looking like name, him. To represent I him. wouldn't. Right. Yeah. But he yeah. does. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow. Use me. So then let's yeah. take it seriously as well. Let's we're, take it seriously. We're saying, right? yeah. not just, his name is. He takes seriously yeah. his name. And what do we you know, do? We take it seriously enough. We take it. Steve and I take seriously our last name. We 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 know that that's all we have is our good name, and so we protect that. How much more should we we protect the name of Jesus? Yeah, yeah we love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a good point for us to say. Great, great. Amen. Yeah. But thanks for joining us again, guys. And thanks for listening. And we'll great see you podcast. next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be.
If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.